Year! <laughs> Happy New Year! Happy New Year! Happy New Year. Year. <laughs> 2017. Yes. The Put a Ring on a Podcast just reached its first birthday. Woo-hoo. And we can thank everyone out there for all the support, for all the love, for all the reviews, for all the five stars, for listening through all of 2016, through two seasons, through over 20 episodes, through 10,000, 12,000 listens. 13,000. Yes, we are so excited for 2017 and we cannot wait to bring you even more tips on planning a killer wedding. Um, Cheers, Dan. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. Here comes 2017. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the second season of Put a Ring on It podcast, a collaboration between me, Daniel Moyer of Daniel Moyer Photography, and me, Danielle Pasternak, wedding coordinator of DPNAC Weddings. Put a Ring on It is a podcast for anyone who is knee deep in the wedding planning process. We're here to share practical tips, amusing behind the scenes stories, and insider knowledge to shed light on the world of weddings and give you every ounce of confidence that you deserve. Let's do it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 22 of the Put A Ring On It podcast, the anti-boring wedding planning podcast. I'm your co-host, Danielle. And I am your other co-host, Dan Moyer. Yes. Uh, Dan, happy new year, my friend. Happy new year to you too, Danielle. Happy first birthday. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't look a day over one, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Happy birthday to us. We, We launched this podcast um january 5th of last year of 2016 and we are now one year in and as we said before this episode started we have at this point over thirteen thousand listens which to us blows our mind that more than our parents wanted to listen to us talk for 45 (laughs) minutes every other week yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna go out there on a limb and say we should try for like thirty thousand listens by the end of this year by the end of this year. Okay, folks, you heard it here first. 30,000. Please listen like seven times each to get us <laughs> to work. Because you really want to, you know, you really want to absorb that message is what it comes down to. So, And speaking of absorbing messages, we've been getting a lot of questions uh, yes. via email and on the Facebook group. That's awesome. You know, keep that coming. Like I said, you yeah. know, on the last episode, I think it was last episode, um, that we're just we're here for you. Uh, you know, we're completely accessible and happy to help uh, in any way that we possibly can. So mm-hmm. keep those questions coming. Yeah. And really, uh, so far, Dan, I think it's safe to say that none of the questions have really uh, stumped us or made us feel like, OK, that's way inappropriate or crosses any lines like we've we've loved receiving everybody's everybody's thoughts and questions. And if, if we've been able to help you or do anything, um, that's we're really happy about that because that's why we started this podcast and if you you know if you feel like so inclined maybe leave us a review on itunes yeah that would be nice yeah that would be nice um so other than the podcast how was your 2016 year in review think about it how was your 2016 
Okay, think about it. It was good. Good. Yeah, I feel I it wasn't it wasn't terrible. I feel like a lot of crappy stuff happened to a lot of people around me. Um, And I feel like I'm the type of person that or I maybe I think I'm the type of person that doesn't overly celebrate my wins if someone's going through something really negative. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. But I know on a very personal level, I feel like I've definitely grown throughout 2016 obviously um my partner mike and i we bought the house and yes we made a lot of improvements but you know with that came a lot of stress and and everything i remember crying putting up drywall because <laughs> i didn't know what i was doing and it's like 11 o'clock at night and we're tired <laughs> you know but your but house is awesome thank you i we're we are really proud of it. i think at least 40 times a day both him and i say like we love our house. Like we, yeah. we absolutely love our house and we're still making improvements because the house is old and you know, we couldn't tackle everything right in the beginning, but we're not. definitely, we're definitely really proud of it. And you know, it's, it's a good thing, but I also feel like <laughs> as everybody knows, I feel like 2016 just was like a stressful year as far as like, I just feel like we kept getting like punched in the side of the face as like a as a <laughs> as a as a group of people. Yeah. Um, so Dan, year two thousand sixteen, how was it? It was good too. Um, I feel like it was pretty solid. Uh, I did a um, well. We started this podcast that makes me really happy. I started yeah. my associate photography studio, which also really makes me very happy. Um, I got to photograph in some really fun locations, but I think obviously the biggest news is we had a baby, um, who is now yeah, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, that's a big deal. Um, who's now over six months old and she's like not crawling yet, but she's like sitting up and laughing and smiling and she's like a, like has a personality and every day it's just like a completely different change. And so, yeah. 2016 was a good year. We had so like 2014 was like an awesome year. 2015 was not so good. 2016 was awesome. And I'm really hoping that we continue with some more awesomeness. Um, Awesomeness would would be good to keep going. Um, I do have I'm really excited. I have some weddings outside of the country this year in 2017. So I'm really excited about that. Um, Yeah, I'm very hopeful. The new year, I just love this time of year. Um, I feel like I start every episode saying that, oh, I love fall and I love winter. (laughs) Actually, it snowed here last night and I was just like a kid in a candy store. I went outside and like took pictures of the snow, took a video of it falling. I just, oh, I love the snow. Um, Do you you know what Mike did this morning with the snow? He got the leaf blower and blew the snow like off of his car and off the sidewalk. That man is so resourceful. He is so resourceful. Yeah. Well, so uh, he had a he has a car rental because he got into a, a fender bender that wasn't his fault. But he has a car rental for um for a little while, and so his his like ice scraper, uh, he didn't think to move that into the rental car. Oh. <laughs> uh, so he didn't have it, and aside he could have just grabbed the one out of my car, but instead he he grabbed the leaf blower. <laughs> I have Telling done that you. too. So I mean, it's his man's not battery powered though, so I didn't feel like getting out like a cord and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, it's it, it, ours is battery. Like you yeah. just pop it on. Fancy. Of course it is. Anyway. It's um, <laughs> yeah. So happy 2017, everyone. And if you're yes. listening in the future and it's 2018 or 2019, look back on this and say, like, wow, 2017 was a great year or like not a great year. Or, um, man. Now think about that. Somebody listening in maybe like 2019. That's crazy. 
Yeah, but like in two, that's two years away. That's that's not that crazy if you really think about it. Okay, way to take the wind out of my sails. Well, there. no, I'm just saying, like, it, it, to just break it. To, never mind. <laughs> I feel like I'm always working a year ahead. Like to me, 2018, because I'm getting emails now from clients getting married in 2018, and we're talking yep. about 2018 weddings. Um, so for me, like 2019 doesn't really seem that far off either, because that's just a year ahead of 2018. So I never know what year it actually is. Uh, I always think it's way, <laughs> way more in the future than it. <laughs> And it really, and you, know, you got a little bit heated right there. You, if you were getting married, you might be called a bridezilla. Not a bridezilla. No. <laughs> um, no, I do. I get passionate about on. things. Guess what today's episode is on? What, Dan? Bridezillas. No. Yeah. So, <laughs> so how do we want to talk about this episode? So, we're using the term bridezilla because it's a term that everybody knows and everybody talks about and everybody can uh, understand the general concept of. I think the term itself, I don't know if it started with that god-awful TV show, um, Bridezillas, or if it came before that. But it's basically a bridezilla, for those of you who aren't familiar with the term, is someone who... who um, basically was deemed as a very normal person until they became a quote-unquote bride and then they turned into this like demon child of being bossy and demanding and unrealistic and just nasty and disrespectful to everybody around them. So from what I know about this show, it's mostly fake and dramatized for TV as many reality TV shows are, but... um, you know, that's what they do in order to get the ratings to support the show. But yeah. quite honestly, I don't like watching it because it just makes me a little sick. Um, but I think whenever you're planning any large event in your life, it, it can become very stressful. And I totally get that you can have these moments throughout the process, even on the wedding day, where you let out your less appealing side to the people around you and sort of um, spill your emotions or whatever it is that you're feeling onto others. So I think this episode we wanted to talk about what, uh, you know, like ways you can avoid it and Mm -hmm. and just sort of talk through it so that if it does happen, you can maybe recover or, you know, be proactive and, and not let it happen. Yeah, we we firmly believe that with a little bit of preparation and mindfulness and understanding that things are going to happen and that you can get through them, that you can tone down your inner bridezilla, groomzilla, whatever that is, and maintain a a level of respect for those around you. So um, when things go wrong, uh, yeah. I know, Danielle, I'm sure you have some some crazy stories, and I've got some crazy stories, too. Um, but I don't really get any uh, bridezillas. I get very happy uh, people who I think um, have a, are, are maybe just practice a lot of zen or something because, like, mm-hmm. I've seen some crazy things happen on wedding days, and people just roll with it, you know, just letting it just – it's water underneath the bridge. Right. I, I – um... I, I think it's safe to say that I don't necessarily work often with bridezillas, but I definitely have been uh, privy to situations and witnessed the situations where people have let their emotions come out in a way that probably in hindsight, maybe they wish they handled a little bit differently. Not not to yeah. judge them, but I could definitely see like a little bit of like, 
oh, I know I'm just stressed and I'm sorry. You know, that like apology that quickly comes yeah. after. So, and I don't, I'm certainly not going to spill any of those personal stories because those are moments that happened in someone's yep. like private life. But and in confidence. Right, course. right. Of course, of course. So, um, but I think, oh, I say this a lot, but your, your wedding day is a 24 hour day. Just like just any like, other day. Just like any other, yep. Yeah, and you're going to have things that go right throughout your day and things that go <laughs> wrong throughout your day, again, just like any other day. So as you plan your wedding, the, the same is going to hold true. There's going to be days um, throughout the planning process where that are good days, and there's going to be days that are not so good days. And I think um, it's safe to say that every little thing throughout it is not going to just perfectly align with all the planets. Um, and giving yourself practical expectations is the best start, I think, to avoiding to your inner crazy from from popping out. So can you can you give us like a hypothetical? Maybe can you just like run us through something? Okay, so uh, an example. Let's talk about flowers because it's winter, and why not talk about flowers? So. Let's say you had your heart set on having peonies, um, which are a gorgeous and this like very voluminous flower as part of your wedding bouquet for your wedding. Now, these flowers are typically in peak season each year, right around June. But your florist tells you that if they were looking good for your May wedding, that um, they would include them in your like beautiful hand tied bouquet that you guys have been talking about. So with just one week to go before your wedding, your florist reaches out um, with the most unfortunate news that the weather has just been too cold and the peonies that you've been dreaming of, of, of just will not be possible for your bouquet. So you can choose to go what I like to call ape shit. <laughs> on your florist <laughs> for something that is admittedly, you know, out of their control, something they said might be a potential outcome. Um, or you can choose to keep your calm. Like I said, you knew this wasn't going to um, be a definite plan. And, you know, go with your plan B that you already worked out with your florist should this problem arise. Maybe instead of, you know, having peonies in your bouquet, you go with some super lush garden roses and no one will really know the difference except for you. So in that case, if you choose to stay calm and handle yourself in a way that feels respectful to the florist and to, you know, to, to everyone around you, um, you saved yourself from a meltdown, you saved yourself time, and you didn't take anything um, out on the people around you. Yeah, I think the point here is that there are certain risks involved with planning any big event, especially a wedding. You know, we've talked about emotions running high, that kind of thing. Um, things like seasonalities of food and flowers and availability of certain items and the weather um, are all unpredictable. And the more that you can just come up with a, a just in case or a plan B, the better equipped you will be to handle any of these like curveballs that life can throw at you. Um, and the better equipped you will be to handle that kind of situation. Yeah. And I think um, while there are certain things as you go throughout the process that you can come up with those plan B's for and the more that you can, in my opinion, you absolutely should because the more that you have yeah. all of those things in place, just, you know, the more you're able to handle things that on the other side of things, unforeseen circumstances, things like, you know, maybe medical issues, um, mm -hmm. deaths mm -hmm. as terrible as that is, all these different things, weather that, um, 
you know, certain things that are just going to be outside of your control, I guess, whether you could, you know, maybe come up with a different game plans for, but maybe severe weather where, you know, all, all these different things are happening. And geez, I think we have an episode on that, Dan. <laughs> hmm. I wonder which one that is. <laughs> yeah. Episode, gosh, is it four or five? Episode four. It's four. Um, yeah. Bad weather on your wedding day. Um, that, um, you know, there's going to be things, I guess, that you no matter how much you plan and no matter how proactive you are uh, with all the different, you know, uh, rain plan ideas that you're just not going to be able to plan for. And I think, in my opinion, uh, my best advice is to surround yourself with positive people um, Mm -hmm. that when that happens, they will help you focus on finding solutions versus uh, over-dramatizing or you know, diving deeper into the negative feelings of the problem itself. Does that, does that make sense, Dan? I feel like yeah. I don't. I want to make sure that this gets across clearly because I, I, I don't think anything feeds negative emotions more than more negative <laughs> emotions. Yeah. yeah. You know, and I think it's um, very healthy to work through your emotions. And I'm not saying that you just have to like slap on a, a happy face and, and, and ignore those feelings. But I think surrounding yourself with people that are going to help you move forward and work towards a solution, especially if it's like during crunch time, that that's mm-hmm. a really key part of um, of being proactive for those things that you can't necessarily be ready for. Yeah, I, I think that one of the best abilities of any photographer, and I, I can only speak for a photographer because I'm, I, I know that I'm, I'm around in pretty much every situation from the highs to the lows. I think one of the greatest abilities of any photographer is their ability to raise or lower the energy level of a situation. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe this is something that you, you look for in your wedding pros. Um, you look for people who are happy, whose work is fun and shiny and happy because uh, I've seen – um, couples who uh, something was bothering them and it was written all over their face. You're trying to hide it and they're like, they're really kind of like holding it back and putting on that fake smile and it's just not working. So, I mean, I have nothing against like trying to pull you out of that, that kind of situation out of that, um, uh, you know, negativeness that's like rolling around your head. Um, and I know Danielle, you're probably in the same boat where, you know, you just, again, like we can see the greater picture. Um, maybe it's easier for us to kind of, cause we're not as invested. I mean, I'm invested emotionally. I know you're invested emotionally, but we kind on of a have different this level. different on a different level, um, mm-hmm. you know, versus, uh, you know, your mom or your bridesmaids or your groomsmen. It's just, it's a different level that we're invested in. And I have no problem with trying to help pull you out of that. Um, because I, you know, like I said, we see kind of this bigger picture and we can see that in, you know, 15 minutes, you're actually still going to walk down the aisle. You're still going to see your, um, husband. You're still going to see your wife. Uh, you're still going to party in like two hours. You're still going to take incredible pictures. You're still going to have your first dance. You're still going to have your first kiss. The day is still going to be amazing. Even if like this, this, like, it feels like the world is ending right now, Mm -hmm. you know? And I, I guess it's it's also safe to say, or we should probably recognize, Dan, that um, while maybe maybe it seems to be a common theme with your clients that they need that person to sort mm-hmm. of bring it back and bring it back to center and refocus them. There's also, uh, you know, the other side of personalities that maybe need more quiet and yep. less pep talking. Um, yeah. I think you and I both react to pep talks very well, but I, I yeah. know 
I think it's safe to recognize that there's also personalities that don't. Yeah. So I think you have to know that about yourself and then build your team of people around you based on that. Yeah, I'm, I'm a pretty like pumped up person as it is yeah. to begin with. So when I was looking for a photographer, that's one of the reasons why we picked Joe, because Joe's uh, he's he's a calming presence. He's very quiet. He's very um, uh, intuitive to like and like in touch to, with people's feelings. And I didn't need somebody who's like really going to pump me up. I just wanted somebody to just um, be there for me. And, mm-hmm. and still support me. Like, um, there were things that he said to me in the morning, like he knows that I, I'm a doer and I'm constantly thinking of other people and I'm like trying to make everybody happy. And one of the things he said to me when I, he dropped or I dropped him off at the salon was tell people to, to do things for you today, like allow people to do things for you. Mm-hmm. And that was just a, a really great piece of advice coming from him, knowing exactly what I need. Um, so yeah, that good point just to like try to find people who who uh will compliment what you need right support your personality compliment you well they find people that compliment you too because that's always fun i think so uh, a little known fact about me daniel is uh when i was in my very early 20s i had a jewelry business where i made some really cool stuff Mostly out of soda tabs. <laughs> I did not know this. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, it was a business I had with my very best friend, um, Carly, and we. The business was called Dubs and Kittle. We were the coolest things ever. Um, when yeah, you were twenty, uh, I think it was twenty twenty one in there when we started it. Yeah, it was okay. my very first business. So, I. Um, our motto, which had everything in the world to do with jewelry, was you can't control everything that happens to you, but you can control how you handle it. Like I said, very, very related to jewelry in every <laughs> sense of the word. But that was that was our motto. We put it on everything, um, every craft fair, every everything. It was bizarre. But I I really firmly believe that you you just you cannot control the stuff that gets thrown at you on a daily basis. But to a certain extent, um, within reason, you can control how you handle it. And I think when that bit of negative news comes your way, you have to ask yourself how you want to handle it. If you need a moment to sort of lock yourself in the nearest bathroom or closet, just to sort of cry it out or or grunt it out, um, then do that. And then you need to get up brush yourself off, wipe wipe away the mascara smears and and <laughs> sit down either by yourself with your partner with with your best friend with your mom whatever it is, someone who will help you positively work forward um to sort of find a solution to whatever it is that that has come up, whether it's a game plan or whether it's a well, we're gonna we're gonna go beat so and so up for you, or you know whatever. <laughs> if, even if it's someone that you just needs to make you laugh, you know something like that. We're not promoting violence here on the Put a Ring on a podcast. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Please do that, mainly. Um, said the person again. Yeah, said again. The, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I think that was I was going through puberty on that one. Says the person who <laughs> who can't who was scared to play laser tag and is still paranoid about paintball. So yeah, go team. So uh, one of the things you just said before was you know go to um, your mom, mother-in-law, bridesmaid, groomsman, whatever. Um, I guess the thing that I that comes into my mind first is well, what happens if those are the people who are causing you the biggest stress you know what do you do in that situation and i i think it's 
in my experience, that's the stress that really unleashes your inner, your inner Zilla, if you will, because it just hits, it hits closer to home. It feels more personal. Um, I, I think probably one of the biggest gripes I hear is the guest list. Um, people asking last minute for plus ones, people changing their RSVP last minute, you know, saying, hey, I can't find babysitter. It's no problem if I bring my three kids right when, you know, you're not having any kids at your reception. Right. Um, you know, who wants to bring a date, whatever it is. I, I think yeah. um, that's that's honestly one of the, the biggest, uh, like I said, one of the biggest gripes I hear about. Because, you know, when you're, when you're going through your process, you're making all of these plans. And as you get closer to your wedding day, you have certain due dates where you have to tell either your caterer or your venue how many people are coming, who's having the beef, who's having the chicken, who's vegetarian, who's suddenly gluten-free. So you have all of these different <laughs> things and you have due dates and you have people relying on you to give you this information. And when a guest comes to you, you know, great aunt Sally comes to you the day before your wedding when this due date has passed and... It, it can add a lot of stress because now suddenly you're tasked with going back to your vendor or excuse me, your um, caterer or your venue and saying, hey, something's changed. It's not my fault. Oh, my goodness. It, it will feel very satisfying to tell those guests exactly yeah. where they can stick that RSVP. But remember, you will 100 percent regret that decision in the long run. You'll only end up ticking them off and potentially more guests. Because they'll see you or some, their news right. will spread in families like they all talk uh, and that will not be a good thing, a good yeah. way to start off your wedding. Yeah, I think <laughs> anytime you're dealing with family or, or very close friends, it, it can be tricky. Um, mm -hmm. But you have to try and take a deep breath um, and then very politely and respectfully give them a firm and clear answer um, to, to whatever it is that they're asking. And I think um, as long as you maintain a certain level of politeness and respect, that it would go a lot farther than, like Dan said, telling them where to stick their RSVP. <laughs> and then, you know, that goes with, with, with most any potential situation is, you know, it's important to stand your ground. Um, I think it's always also fair to say that you should pick your pick your battles or choose your yeah. battles wisely. You know, it's there's certain things that maybe just aren't worth battling over. Well, I know that that's a that's actually a question that you hear a, a lot, right? Like, how do I tell so-and-so that they can't bring a plus one or, or just whatever that situation is, right? <laughs> if I had a if I had like a dollar for every friend of mine who's getting married or client who emailed me, who's like, send me like a Facebook message that said like, Danielle... <laughs> How do I, so my so-and-so is, is Cooper, um, you know, so-and-so wants to bring a plus one. How do I just tell them, no, F you, you can't bring a plus one. So I don't know when I became, well, I guess, I guess when I became a wedding planner, I became the go-to. So here's what I tell most people. Um, first, I want you to hear them out. I want you to hear their situation um, and and let them explain their dilemma to you. Don't jump to a conclusion and don't assume that they're just out to ruin your wedding because in most cases, they very, very likely aren't. Um, they probably don't understand the full blunt of planning a wedding or just, um, you know, maybe they're ignorant to to whatever it is. But at the end of the day, they're, they're likely not out to ruin things for you. After you've heard them say their piece, let them know that you hear what they're saying. I don't think um, anybody doesn't want to be heard. Everybody just wants to 
feel like they've been heard and someone understands the situation that they're in. Even if your situation is much more crazy at the moment, they just want to feel heard. Um, after that, so you've you've listened to what they said, you've told them, you hear what they're saying. Um, step three, <laughs> politely explain that while you'd love to give them the plus one or the invitation for their kids or whatever it is that your hands are tied. Now, if your hands are tied, that's what you want to say. Um, you completely understand that if that means they'll not be able to attend your wedding, that that's okay and no hard feelings and it has to be no hard feelings. You just have to move on from it. That if whatever it is their situation, that if you can't bend to to suit their situation, that if they can't be there, it is what it is and let's all just move forward. And then at the end of the the whole thing, you basically have to thank them for understanding the position you're in and for being honest about their situation. It's not easy a lot of times for somebody to come forward and say, hey, I'm in a pickle. Um, I don't know what to do. So that should be appreciated and then wish them well either way and say you hope to see them soon. So hear them out, explain you're in a bind and just can't help them with it and then say, but hey, I love you and it's all good no matter what and I hope to see you at the wedding. Is that is that like safe to say, Dan? What are, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I think so. Um, it reminds me actually of uh, when Rachel and I were going back and forth on whether or not we should invite kiddos because there's a lot of kids on, on our side of the family and adding every one of those kids would have been really expensive. Okay. Um, and so we kind of came up with the – we ended up coming up with the idea that, you know, we're just – we're going to go sans kids. Um, my niece – one of my nieces was in the uh, the bridal party. The other one was a flower girl and that was the only kids that we had. Uh, and we were hoping – we were thinking that we were probably going to get a little bit of backlash from it just because there are so many kids, but so many of my cousins um, and uncles had all, and aunts and had all said, well, hell yeah, we'll, we'll leave our kids at home. We want to come out and party and relax and hang out. And I, I was just really surprised that that's what ended up happening and ended up being, you know, a really great time. And, you know, there were some people of course who couldn't make it because they couldn't, you know, get a babysitter or, you know, they had other, um, you know, restrictions that they just couldn't make it, but um, it ended up working out for the best. Yeah, I so growing up, I um I have a much older sister who went off to the United States Navy when she was eighteen, and I was four. So growing up, I was um I was raised basically as an only child. Um, what I remember on many many occasions is that if my family was invited to a wedding and it was a no children you know no kids wedding, that my family politely declined in going because they've we were a very close family and growing up um my mom always said like you know if, if we're gonna go and celebrate then we're gonna go all together um and do it as a family which every time that was never held against the person or the couple planning the wedding you know that well they you know they didn't invite danielle so we're not gonna go it was that hey you know we wish you guys the best here is a lovely gift and you know yep. we can't wait to hear all about it and it was always i think from what I know, anyway, very respected and and it was it was all good. No, but there was no hard feelings either way. That that either from my parents' side that well, you know, Danielle wasn't invited, so how dare they? And also from the couple's side that well, they're not coming just because Danielle's not invited. So which I should have been invited to every wedding because I'm fun at weddings. No, I'm not, not <laughs> anymore because <laughs> I take over at weddings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you're good at it though. I I very much like what I do, and it's hard for me to enjoy a wedding now, not jumping in and helping and doing something that I think should be done. <laughs> I have my 
in July of this year, we're going to my cousin's wedding, which I'm so excited for because she's a sweetheart and gorgeous and just wonderful. Um, she's a wonderful person inside and out. And I have to really prep myself to just not take over and just it, not, 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 not that I would take over, but I, um, it'll be, I'm excited to um, enjoy it from a different perspective. I'm excited to try to enjoy it from a different perspective. We, so a bunch of Rachel's just friends just got engaged and I was just asked to be a groomsman in a wedding in September. So like I very rarely do we go to weddings and all of a sudden, like out of nowhere over the next two years, I think we've got like five to go to. And I like, I, I can't help but like silently judge the photographer. Um, you know, yes. but like it, it is what it is. Like I just I yeah. can't help it. But like, you know, then once I get to go sit in the cocktail hour and eat all the cocktail hour food that I never actually get to eat and all of the real like dinner with the salad and the rolls that like, oh, the rolls, uh, dinner rolls are the best part of <laughs> of being at a wedding. Like <laughs> uh, and we, it's, it's we hardly ever get them. <laughs> yeah, we hardly ever get them. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm really excited to go to some of these weddings that we never get to. When was the last time you were at a wedding? As oh my god! Like six years ago, but <laughs> it always ends up happening because I book uh, relatively far out. That it always seems that when a family member, when I finally get an RSVP or um, a save the date or an invitation, I'm already booked. So it yeah. makes it really hard because I, I I'm not gonna you know go back on my clients um, and be like sorry I, I can't go to your I can't you know play in your wedding anymore. So <laughs> that's that's really the biggest part of it. But um, but yeah I uh, I'm I am I'm excited. I'm excited to just like dance with Mike and my family and not feel like, oh, I should be doing something or I, sh you know, I, I like I don't have to like be looking at the gifts saying, OK, I got to get those in the car. And I just although I might end up doing that because. That's <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I think it's, you know, the analogy is, you know, if you were a really great chef and you were to go to another restaurant, you would look at the food you're eating and say, oh, that's, you know, that's interesting or I would do that differently or what, you know, it's the same thing as with any, uh, I think most jobs, it's safe to say that yeah. you're going to look at it and say, huh, well, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not like malicious or something, but it's just no, no, uh, you no, know, right. being an observation. Yeah, you know? I I think, I, you know, for me, I always look at it as, you know, what can I learn from this and, and how can I, how can I take something and, you know, get better from it so that's always that's always my angle on it is you know what can I what can I like what nugget can I see someone doing and being like oh I like that that looked cool from a guest perspective so I'm going to do that so cool just stealing um, ideas no big deal <laughs> nailed it um, how does this have I, what does this have to do with being a bridezilla this has to do with being a guestzilla yeah Guestzilla. That's another podcast topic. Um, that should be a podcast topic. Well, yeah. speaking of other Zillas, um, yeah. how about Groomzillas? Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So, Dan, I, I'm obviously a lady. Uh, well, if, if everybody listening <laughs> didn't know this now, I'm a lady and you are a dude. So, gentlemen. You are a gentle dude, yes. Thank so you. from from gentle your dude. <laughs> from your perspective, I know you did some digging on like what actually is a groomzilla, or how do you know if you have a groomzilla? What what did you find in your in your explorations? So if you uh, you know type in what is a groomzilla, um, you'll find some of the you know top seven re ways to know that you've got a groomzilla on your hands, and they were some of them were kind of silly, uh, but some of them were 
uh, were maybe a little more serious where, um, you know, the, the guys being kind of passive in the first couple of months of the planning process and just smiling and nodding and saying, yes, that's fine. That's fine. Um, and then all of a sudden three months, two months, you know, before the wedding, he's got an opinion about everything and all the stuff is all of a sudden these things aren't good enough. Um, or, or some of the other ones, um, that, uh, you know, he was overly obsessed with like, and nothing being right with the way his suit was going to be or just like, you know, similar things about what the, you know, a lot of the ladies are, you know, uh, particular about, you know, the dress has to be perfect and all these little things. I guess when it comes down to it, the way, when I think about a groomzilla, it, it is, uh, I, I feel like most guys want their wedding day to go smoothly and they want their wedding day to go smoothly because they really want their future bride, their future wife to have a, this amazing day that she has been thinking about for a lot longer than he has. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. um, and when things don't go right for his lady, um, then that maybe makes him feel bad because maybe he's he feels like he's not doing uh, enough or or maybe he assumes this role of like the enforcer like oh well she can't handle it now so now it's time for me to get tough and start making the phone calls and threatening and whatever um, and that can be really awkward if if you become expected to be the enforcer when like you haven't been really involved in the process all along and y your nature is not to be the enforcer. Um, that can just get a little a little messy. Um, and so I guess the the what I would have to say is that um, you should do your best to be supportive through the entire process, not just a little bit in the beginning, not just, um, you know, at the end, through the entire process. And I know that there are some things that Danielle and I have uh seen along the way that that you know and and this tv show that i think you were watching um recently that kind of fueled some things that you were thinking about yeah i think um i, we're, I suppose to an extent dan and i are, are we're generalizing here that uh you know we're assuming certain roles and responsibilities but i think what we're trying to say is that in your partnership together um, there's going to be certain stresses that fall on each of your shoulders, but they are very likely going to be different uh, stresses, not necessarily one being more intense or less intense or whatever it is. It's just, it just might be, you might experience all these different things differently. And if you're a partner that really wants to make your partner happy above and beyond anything that you want for yourself, then that stress alone can be very intense and very, very crazy. And like Dan said, if you're being expected to do one thing or the other, and it's not necessarily who you are, but suddenly because you have this title of bridegroom or otherwise, suddenly you have to fall into this category. It it, it can really be a lot. And I think, um, I think depending on how you handle it as a human being, a lot of people turn to sort of sarcasm and humor. And I was, I was, I've been sick on the couch um, the past few days, so I've been binge watching uh, probably more than I should. But I was watching this one <laughs> show on Bravo TV, which is my guilty pleasure, called Vanderpump Rules, which is like the most bizarre show about like twenty somethings who who live in Beverly Hills and yada yada. Anyway, it's 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 entertaining when your belly hurts. So 
Uh, anyway, in in this recent season that's happening, these two characters are planning a wedding. And from what I understand, I think they're like late 20-somethings, early 30-somethings. Don't necessarily have a, a boatload to spend on the wedding, but definitely live in this Beverly Hills atmosphere. So the the girl in the relationship is very much, you know, she wants this beery, like elegant, woodsy, rustic whatever wedding with like a budget of like $50,000 and the groom would be totally happy if they spent maybe $3,000 for the whole thing said and done. So it's showing their journey and obviously it's reality TV. So take with it what you will. But there's um, little comments that they show him making and I'm not by any means making a judgment on him because they're making a show and I, I totally get it. I have no idea what their real life is like, but he's making this this comment, you know, as they attend planning meetings and as they go through the process but with their friends and whatever it is he kind of says like well you know if it were up to me we wouldn't even be having this wedding and if you know well I don't understand why we need to spend this much and you know well you know you know I don't have a say in this anyway let's just be realistic and I think you just see him making these little digs and um, while they may be really how he's feeling I think he's saying them in a way that he's trying to like you know, exude a laugh from whoever he's with or, or do whatever it is. But what ends up happening is he just sort of looks like he's, you know, jabbing her in the side, you know, <laughs> theoretically. Or um, what's jabbing her in the side? Like, um, anyway, it, it just looks like he's sort of, you know, jabbing her in the side with an invisible with an invisible poker. And, you know, you could see it just deflating her with each yeah. additional comment that he makes. And I, I see it um, occasionally where, you know, a, a certain person is under stress. And in order to sort of work through that, they maybe say something that's at the expense of their partner. And I think the damage that that can do is much more substantial than you can imagine. When I think I, I it's I'm sure it often comes from a good place and you're just trying to make a joke and do whatever it is, but at the expense of your partner, those little um those little moments can really plant a seed and I think do they can really hurt somebody. And I again I don't think that's it, it's an intentional or in this case what it is, but just watching it I was like, yeah, that's uncomfortable to yeah. watch. It it definitely can be uncomfortable when you're in that situation when like you know, these these topics and ideas are coming up at the table and you can tell that maybe they haven't discussed them and mm -hmm. real, real emotions are coming out. And it, it just goes back to really being very open and honest with your your partner and just communicating a lot. If this is something you are actually feeling you there, you have to come up with some kind of a compromise. Mm -hmm. Um you know, and if that means, you know, changing the wedding plans or means like skimping on this one thing and then like, you know, putting some money into something else or uh, just whatever that looks like. You have to find a compromise. Yeah, I think, um, too, you you have to say what it is you're feeling and not in the jokey yeah. sort of way. I am 100% guilty of this where I fully expect Mike to know that the sarcasm in whatever it is I'm saying is actually real and has has a, you know certain validity to it, um, but I'm not communicating it in the right way. And I yeah. think that's so key is that you may think you're telling your partner through these little jokes and like, well, you think they'd get the hint by now, but maybe they're not because... All they're feeling is those hurt feelings from whatever it is that you're potentially saying. So I think if you just, you know, strip away all the BS and just say, I love you, but I'm not comfortable spending $10,000 on our wedding invitations. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Easy. You know, and, well, maybe not necessarily easy, but I think that type of communication is key. 
absolutely key in maintaining a very healthy relationship and avoiding those bridezilla and groomzilla moments where suddenly you look like the bad guy who's going off in these meetings <laughs> like like well why didn't you tell me that you know because yeah. that those are the those are the situations that i think if you can avoid them that you'll have a much more pleasant and wonderful experience so uh let's um as we wrap up this episode today dan i want to talk about ways other than being i guess proactive and and surrounding yourself with positive people there's ways that you like come combat this like Zilla nature, you know, the like put up your dukes, <laughs> you know, <laughs> type mentality. Um, and I think it, it really comes down to who you are as a person and your personality and how you work through things in your everyday life. So I don't think just because you're suddenly wearing the role of bride or groom or otherwise that it should change suddenly because you have that role. And um, one of the ways that I work through things a lot is via books. Um, right now, I do know there is a new book out called Widdicolous, <laughs> which to me sounds like a Harry Potter spell. So I'm all about it. <laughs> Widdicolous. Um, yeah, it's, 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 you know, ridiculous. It's called the un, un, unfiltered bride to being a, gri- uh, oh, blah, 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 blah. The unfiltered <laughs> guide to being a bride. It's by Jamie Lee, um, who I guess is some sort of MTV personality. I don't like you. I don't have cable. So I don't, I don't, I don't watch anything but catfish <laughs> from MTV. But anyway, um, it's, it's, it's very, um, it's a very funny book. It's a, it's an ROFL book where you're reading it and you're sort of finding the humor in situations and she really breaks it down in a way that's like, okay, yeah, this is bizarre. And, you know, there are certain things that you're like, WTF and I'm just full of abbreviations today, aren't I? But it's <laughs> it's a it's a good book. I haven't read through the whole thing, but I have I have skimmed through it and it's it's a book that you stop and um if you're in a negative space, I think it really helps get you to uh to a funny space and, and help you work through whatever situation you have going on yeah and we've said it before but you know really the people that you have around you are are really what's going to make a huge difference so surround yourself with positive people and it's okay to just ask ask them for an ear to listen or a shoulder for support don't expect you know everybody to know exactly what you need or exactly what to say um but just you know maybe tell them what exactly what you need communication Mm -hmm. is key here Mm-hmm. That's when, you know, you go to your friend and say, like, I have a problem. I actually don't need you to, like, tell me what to do. I just need you to hear me, like, yeah. vent through it. Yep. And then let's go have lunch and a margarita. And you know what I mean? And, that, and that's how you work through it, too. And like we said, be proactive. But um, I think it's also about allowing yourself to um, have emotion. Now, not necessarily the type of emotion where you're lashing out onto other people because that's not necessarily healthy emotion. But if you need to cry, um, if you need to like go to a kickboxing class to let out some of that, you know, fury, <laughs> whatever it is, then I think there's nothing wrong with it as long as you're not trampling on others in order to let those emotions out. And finally, remember that your wedding day does not define your marriage or who you are as a person. Your actions do. Yeah. I, I don't think we can say that enough throughout this entire podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Is it what happens on your wedding day and all of those little things, it, they're, they're no reflection of you. It, it all is it. The only thing that's a reflection of you is how you handle all of those things. And hey, if you, if you trip and you, you have blunders and you act in a way that you're like, 
that's not how I normally would act, then you know what? You own up to it and you apologize and you move forward. And, you know, you mean every, every second is a new second and every moment's a new moment and you just have to keep working forward. But it's it's really how you handle it. And if if there's anything you get out of this podcast, especially today's episode, it's that, um, you know, it's 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 really about your actions and, and all of that. But it's okay to screw up. It's okay to make a mistake. And as long as you have people around you who love you and support you, you know, you're not losing. You're, you're, you're winning. Yeah. And if, when you do make a mistake, because everybody's human, we all do. Um, I think you said, you know, just to own up to it. And if you've ever been in like a heavy argument, tell you what, like the easiest way to like break it down, even though it's the hardest thing to do, is just to one, extend grace and forgiveness. And and two is just to say, I'm sorry, I messed up. Talk about like deflating a situation. Nothing will deflate a situation quicker than saying, I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, I messed up. I'm sorry. I love you. Um, you know, these words of affirmation, these these words of, of healing and forgiveness. So, mm-hmm. man, I feel like we got like our counselors hats on here for a second. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Our hats that we definitely did not earn by any capacity whatsoever. Not at all. Oh, goodness. All right. So let's wrap up this episode. Yeah. Um, Check out the PutARingOnAPodcast.com website for show notes, all the goodness that uh, normally comes from there. Mm -hmm. And we've got the contact um, form up there. Keep sending us your questions. If you want to give us a call, our number is 267-521-521. 2686 give us a call um and definitely leave us your wedding story we'd love to air it on an upcoming episode yeah like us on facebook to keep in touch ask questions we have like i said in the beginning of this episode we have really really been loving the questions that we've been getting it makes us feel important and wanted and smart um so get updates on season two keep in touch in facebook ask questions we are here to help you yeah, and finally, please, please, please give us your love on iTunes. We are yep. heading into uh, a new year, and I don't know what that means as far as iTunes algorithms go, but we definitely want to reach as many people as possible and grow the community. So the more you give us love in as far as ratings and reviews, we can't thank you enough for it. Yep. This is what in the wedding industry, we call this engagement season, the time from basically Christmas through Valentine's Day and maybe, you know, a couple weeks after that. So we know that a lot of people are going to get engaged during this time. And we would love for everybody just to hear what we have to say, um, for it to begin helping people and for all these new, the new influx of engaged couples to, um, you know, get started off on the right foot. Yeah, definitely. All right, you guys. um, Thank you again so much for listening. We absolutely adore all of you, and we will see you very soon. (laughs) See you in a little while. Bye-bye.